0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount
1: using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom
2: They have a point, you know, like if Russell goes out here and he says, hey, you know, I've been sacked 400 times and, uh, you know, I need, I need more help. They can t- turn around and say, look, man, we traded for a Pro Bowl left tackle for you. We traded up to get D.K. Metcalf. We traded up to get Tyler Lockett. You're back there doing triple axles in the backfield, and that's why Aaron Donald is killing you. Like You play style. Um, in addition to you being shorter than normal QBs, um, you play a style that lends you to getting hit. You know, And these are all valid things. They can also say, look, man, we have drafted more own linemen since 2012 than anyone in the league. Like, I'm pretty sure that's still accurate. Maybe not after 2020 draft, but still. like If they're not number one, they're like, top five. I mean, it's like we are trying, you know, we're doing what we can. And now, Hub Arkish on 670 to score and 670 to score.com.
3: Well, good evening, Chicago, and welcome into the program. I am Hub Arkish sitting in for Joe Ostrowski this evening on the Joe O show. Going to be with you guys until 10 o'clock tonight as we talk sports here on Chicago's. Very favorite all-sports radio station, the most listened-to all-sports station in town, 670 The Score. We have an exciting lineup of guests for you tonight in just about 15, 20 minutes. We're going to be joined by Eric Edholm of YahooSports.com. Going to talk some draft and some NFL. At 8 o'clock, Chris Emma is our very own Bears beat reporter here at 670 The Score. Going to visit with Chris a little bit about what's going on with the Chicago Bears. At 9 o'clock, Bruce Levine, our senior baseball expert here at 670 The Score will be by to get us up to speed on what's happening out in Arizona. Sox and Cubs are in camp now and getting ready to roll. So uh, We've got all the latest news for you right here at 670 The Score. We'll talk some Bulls and Hawks if you like as well. It is interesting actually um, that the two teams, the youngsters that nobody expected anything from uh, the Bulls and the Hawks may be the most interesting franchise in town right now as they are both playing well over their heads and what was expected of them at this point about a third of the way uh maybe a quarter to a third of the way into their seasons this year so all kinds of great sports talk going on here in chicago Going to be taking your phone calls on the BetQL listener line at 312-644-6767 go ahead and dial them up right now if you've got questions For me, about anything that's on your mind, we're obviously going to talk a lot of NFL, a lot of Bears and Packers maybe. Um, But whatever sports you're thinking about, or for that matter, if you've got to get away from sports for just a moment, why don't you keep it light? You know, we can talk meaning of life and stuff like that. Uh, We don't want to get into anything too serious. Uh, We're here to have some fun tonight. The next three hours, best sports talk in town. Again, the phone number is 312 644 Six seven six seven. You can text me at that number as well, and I'll be hooking up with the text line in just a couple minutes and be checking on your texts. In two, uh, we can certainly talk about the draft, about free agency. What are the Bears going to do with Allen Robinson? What are they going to do at quarterback? We're going to hit them all. Um, the soundbite that you heard coming in, one of the authors of the piece at the Athletic on Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks, and they're apparently somewhat. Cracked. I'm not even going to say fractured, but somewhat cracked relationship. It doesn't seem to be getting any better at the moment. But much like I've been telling you about Deshaun Watson for the last month and a half or so, the Houston Texans reiterated again today they have no intentions of trading Deshaun Watson. Uh, I can assure you that the Seattle uh, Seahawks have no intentions of trading Russell Wilson either. Not only would be they would be crazy to trade their... <clears throat> excuse me. Franchise Super Bowl winning quarterback at the age of 33. Eight Pro Bowls in nine seasons. I should say eight playoffs in nine seasons uh, in the league. Uh, What is interesting and the reason a lot of talk about it here in town today is apparently Wilson has a full no trade clause in his contract. He uh, either leaked or reported or told someone today that there are four franchises that he would consider being traded to And interestingly, one of them is the Chicago Bears. Now, Russell Wilson played his last year of college football, right up 90 in Madison. Uh, Obviously, he knows the power of the Chicago market, the power of the franchise. Um, And uh, the Dallas Cowboys, the New Orleans Saints uh, were two of the other three teams. I'm trying to uh, recall at the moment who the fourth was. I'll get that for you. In just a moment, but all that matters, I'm sure, here in town in Chicago is that the Bears are one of the four teams that he has said he would waive his no-trade clause for. But that's kind of where the conversation can stop, guys, because the Seahawks, number one, are not dealing him, and number two, the Bears are probably not in a position... Uh, to give up the assets that it would take, well, probably not. They're definitely not in a position to give up the assets it would take to acquire him. So while it's fun, you know, for Sports Talk Radio, um, and you can certainly call if you have questions about it, I just want to tell you, you know, forget it. Deshaun Watson's not going to be a Bear. Russell Wilson's not going to be a Bear. Um, But they're out there on the market. We want to talk about what quarterbacks might be the Bears, uh, with the Bears, I should say. So again, phone number is 312 644-6767. This past Tuesday, uh, February 23rd, was the first day that teams could start to designate franchise and transition tags on their most prized free agents. Uh, As near as I can tell, unless I have missed something, nobody has been tagged yet. That's not unusual. There's no great urgency to do it on the first day. Uh, Teams have until March 9th to use those designations. Uh, uh, So uh, a couple weeks here where we are going to see some players tagged. I I would be a little bit surprised um, if Allen Robinson is not tagged, assuming that they have not worked out a long-term deal before the ability to tag him expires. It is a protective measure. It is a way to... Uh, help you in getting a player to negotiate. It is a way to convince a player that you're serious about keeping him. It is also a way to get some compensation. If you're just unable to keep him or have decided not to, you can do a tag and trade um, to to not do anything, to just let Allen Robinson go out and test the market, I think would be insanity on the part of the Chicago Bears, and, and I don't think they're insane. Uh, so I wouldn't expect that to happen. Uh, You know, why hasn't a deal gotten done yet? That is anybody's best guess. Uh, We don't know if Alan Robinson and his agent may be being a bit unreasonable on what they're asking for. We don't know if the Bears are looking at longer term concerns with the salary cap. It is not just this year that they have cap issues, the result of the pandemic in 2020. And we don't know what kind of impact it will have on the game in 2021. We don't know if by September stadiums will be full again, all those game day revenues um, will be replaced. Uh, This could have salary cap implications for teams for another two or three seasons after 2021. And I suspect that's the biggest reason that the Bears are being so careful and what they do with the contract here. Um, because I don't think there's any disputing that Allen Robinson is a number one receiver um, because of the timing of his hitting free agency. He should be one of the five highest paid receivers in football. That's how they figure out the franchise tag, the average of those five salaries. Should he get as much money as DeAndre Hopkins? No. Michael Thomas, probably not. Anybody else, any other receiver in the league that clearly should be paid more than Allen Robinson, uh, you know, not really anybody I see based on what he did in his contract year and what he's done in the last three years with the Chicago Bears. So um, he probably wants in the neighborhood of 56 to $60 million in guaranteed money. That's what these top five guys have gotten in the last five wide receiver contracts. And the Bears are either going to have to come up with that money or they could have him play under the franchise tag for this year. You know, we've talked a lot Uh, about the Bears' salary cap issues to date, Um, and they do have cap issues. They are currently over what is going to be the $180 million cap for 2021 with the 47 players that they have under contract. Um, But... The salary cap, while it's a hard cap and the most difficult cap to navigate amongst the four major professional sports in this country, it is still malleable. There are ways to massage it. There are ways to make adjustments. There are ways to create cap space. And the Bears are not in so much cap trouble that they're not going to be able to create enough cap space to do a deal with Allen Robinson to bring in another veteran quarterback, hopefully draft one as well, and to fix a few other positions. Uh, When you hear Ryan Pace and and Matt Nagy telling us that they think they're close to being a contender, close to competing, uh, whether you buy that or not, that's up to you. Um, but the reality is there is a path to get there if they do the right things this off season, and they should be able to create enough cap space to at least get that done. Got a couple of you lined up on the phones already, so let's jump right to it before we take our first break. Mike is out in Byron. Mike, I appreciate you dialing us up. How are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Uh, I like the idea of Russell Wilson
1: coming to the Bears but I don't like the idea of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace having one year and the future of the franchise being mortgaged with first-round picks, Uh, considering the lack of offensive line uh, for protection and wide receiver. Uh, Allen Robinson, he's been the go-to guy. Uh, What do you think?
3: Well, I, you know, listen, uh, I, I don't know how you could not like the idea of, of Russell Wilson being a bear. I mean, the guy is probably a hall of famer. If not, he's really close already. He is definitely a franchise quarterback, you know, something that, um, the, the bears have been looking for, for, for quite some time. So, um, you know, you'd love to see him in Navy and orange, but the price would be prohibitive. Um, you know, you're instantly probably a contender. If you've re-signed Allen Robinson, you bring in Russell Wilson. Uh, you've got to upgrade the offensive line. You're, you're going to be without first-round picks for probably the next three years in order to get Russell Wilson, but you can certainly find, you know, quality tackle play in the second and third round. Um, so, you know, if it were a possibility, which I don't think it is because I do not believe Seattle has any intentions of dealing him, you know, I think the Bears would have to take a hard look at it. And then it becomes the question of what is the price? If he was coming out of school, remember, you know, he's a third rounder because he's undersized. He didn't know about the arm strength. But he's now a nine-year veteran with a ring and multiple Pro Bowls and, and eight trips to the playoffs. So, you know, you know with Russell Wilson, you're getting a franchise quarterback. That is not something you could say about Carson Wentz. And in spite of the fact that people want to, it's not really something you can say about Deshaun Watson. He has not had the playoff success, um, won the ring, done all the things that Russell Wilson has done. I think he is going to be a franchise quarterback. I'm not trying to, you know, diminish his potential or his value or what he's accomplished in his first four seasons in any way. But he's not the player that Russell Wilson is, you know. And so um, it becomes a different question. Would you trade for Deshaun Watson? Would you trade for Russell Wilson? I'd certainly be a lot more comfortable trading for Wilson, you know, than I would Watson. But the problem, Mike, is I just don't think he's available. I don't think it's going to happen. Seattle would be nuts to do it. I don't think they have any intentions of doing it. And and it's not like he, he hasn't even asked for a trade yet. He has just said he's unhappy. Uh, he has indicated if they want to trade him, these are the markets that he may go to. But it is an important distinction. He has not said to the Seattle Seahawks, please trade me. He's not trying to force his way out of town yet. What he's trying to do is gain himself a louder voice in the front office over other moves that they might make. Let's get one more call in real quick before we get to a break so we can get Eric in. Uh, John is out on the west side. John, how you doing?
1: Hey, Herb, how you doing? I enjoy your show always. And two quick questions. Why don't we just try to trade up and draft our own quarterback, maybe around to the 10th pick? And also, concerning the Chicago Bulls, what have they done with the Devon Dotson, who they drafted out, didn't draft him in the draft, but he was a non-draftee, and we picked him up. He's a dynamic guard from Kansas. Point guard, why we're not using him? I'll right, hang up and hear what you got to say.
3: All right, well, John, I'm going to check for you during the break. I'm going to guess that if he is still Bulls property, he's playing in the D League or or, or would be there. I'm not sure even with COVID, you know, what they're doing with the developmental league at this point. Uh, and then, you know, coming back to your initial point, listen, 90% of the quarterbacks drafted in the first round of the NFL fail. And that includes the number one, number two, number three, number seven overall picks. So when you say, why not trade up? You've already tried that once when you didn't even have to. You gave up two threes and a four plus the number three overall pick in order to get Mitch Trubisky. Uh, You lost the value of all those picks, and now it looks like he'll be moving on without compensation. When you look at the kids that are going to be in the top 10, top 12, top 15 this year, Trevor Lawrence looks to be the best prospect coming out since Andrew Luck. I, I don't know if, if, he's, if he's equal to Luck coming out of Stanford. Maybe a hair behind him that he's in that category. These other three kids, I mean, Zach Wilson, everybody knew about him at BYU coming into this season, but he wasn't necessarily a first-round pick until this season. He was a, a day-two pick, minimally. Um, probably a first-rounder. But he really exploded just this season. You look at Trey Lance and, and, and Justin Fields, um, there are real questions about these kids. I mean, they, they are phenomenal prospects as athletes, the traits that they have, the things that they can do. But even in their performances for Lance at North Dakota State and, and, and Fields at Ohio State, you, you know, there are questions about whether they're going to be great professional quarterbacks or not. And then you go to the fifth one, Mac Jones, Here's a guy with just average traits. I mean, what he is, is he's a winner. He he did a great job at Alabama. He had the one great season, but I don't think he's worth the 20th pick in the first round of the draft, and he's probably going to go as high as 14, 15, or 16. I'm not sure Justin Fields is worth the 20th uh, pick in the first round. Now, I I love the kid. I I think that um, he seems to be an impressive young man from what I know about him. His athleticism is off the charts. He definitely has great arm talent. But you know these Ohio State quarterbacks, uh, you know, find me one uh, who's who's become a great pro, and then you know we'll 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 talk about it some more. So when you say why not trade up, I'm not that wild about them using the 20th pick in the first round, let alone trading up to take one of these guys, because it's just it's a tremendous gamble. If, in fact, you're going to be bold, if you're going to give up extra assets, if you're going to deal extra number one picks, which is what it would take to get up high enough to get one of these guys, then I guess I'd say go big. And if Watson or Wilson was available do it, I don't think they're available. And, And so that's where the problem becomes. The Bears are in a dilemma here, and they know they need a quarterback, but they may not have the ability to get one based on the guys available. or I shouldn't say not get one. They they may not have the ability to get a day one starter um, based on the guys that are available and the assets that they can afford to deal. Eric Edholm covers the NFL and specifically the college draft for YahooSports.com, also a longtime friend of mine at Pro Football Weekly before he went to Yahoo. going to visit with us on the other side. We're going to talk more NFL drafts from Chicago Bears. That's coming up in just a moment right here at 670 The Score. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for being with me this evening. I am Hub Arkish, gonna be with you until 10 o'clock, sitting in for Joe Ostrowski on the Joe O Show. I want to take care of uh, John real quick, who had a question about uh, Devon Dotson, the point guard out of Kansas. As I suspected, he is currently in the NBA G League. He's with the Canton Charge, uh, and so the Bulls might hope to develop him, uh, but right now he is down in the minors, so to speak. Uh, We now go to our guest hotline, and welcome in Eric Edholm. Eric, of course, from YahooSports.com, works out of Chicago, longtime contributor to Pro Football Weekly as well. And dear friend, great to have you with me tonight. Eric, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. What's going on? Oh, nothing much. We're just talking a little sports here in Chicago at 6.70 the score. And obviously uh, a lot of the focus continues to be on the Bears and the NFL as long as this whole quarterback musical chairs game is going on. Want to talk some draft stuff, but first we got to get your take. I think everybody wants to weigh in. All of a sudden, the Russell Wilson chatter heating up kind of like the Deshaun Watson chatter going to end the same way as the Deshaun Watson chatter with Watson playing in Houston and Wilson playing in Seattle. But, you know, fans want to talk about it because they hear it. And so, <laughs> um, you know, curious for your take on this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think everybody knew that, you know, right around the Super Bowl, there were some rumors that, you know, that things weren't right with the Seahawks and, and Wilson. And yeah, I don't know that I knew the Extent of, of what was going on there and, and just how kind of deep the divide was of Wilson feeling like, you know, the team should put more in, you know, uh, input on, the, uh, on his thoughts or, you know, put, take uh, more stock in what he has to say about what the offense should be doing. Felt like the offensive line wasn't addressed well enough. The Hawks are saying, hey, buddy, you know, we, we've used a lot of picks on, on the offensive line We paid you handsomely. We traded for Dwayne Brown. You know, it it just feels like they're on totally different wavelengths. Now, like you suggested, is that necessarily going to lead to a trade? I highly doubt it, but it doesn't hurt the bears from a, we might as well check in and see standpoint when they get mentioned as one of the teams he would be willing to waive a straight clause for. So you know, that's at least a glimmer of hope that something might happen. I just don't know if the Bears have enough ammunition to go get them.
3: Yeah, I suspect they don't. I don't think it's going to matter because I don't think it's available. But what I find right. really intriguing, Eric, is that the Bears would be one of his four teams when what he's upset about has been the offensive line play in Seattle. And so what is it, you know, about coming here that he thinks is going to be better, you know, unless he's a big Matt Nagy fan. uh, I, I just, uh, (laughs) I I find it, you know, rather surprising.
1: Yeah. I I think it has something to do with the city and obviously the tradition of football. And, you know, he'd have a lot of supporters immediately around here and, you know, if you were to somehow come, but I think you're right. I mean, if the Bears offensive line was a problem and most people assumed that they were going to use either their first or their second round pick on, 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 you know, using one of those uh, to, to help the offensive line. Well, guess what? If you're trading for Russell Wilson, you probably, you probably don't have either of those. Cause I think they'd have to, you know, overcompensate for the fact that they're, they're picking lower in round one. Um, but yeah, obviously that's not an area just sort of you know, slapdash go about it and put, you know, cast off guards and, you know, lower level players up there and hope that, that somebody emerges. So, yeah, it's going to take, you know, a, a kind of a heroic effort for them to even be able to make an offer, much less feel the team that I think he'd be, you know, excited about.
3: Yeah. You know, Eric, I, I just I, I find it interesting because you, you now are hearing more of these players. It's almost like they see what's happening in the NBA. Uh you know, it, it never happens really in major league baseball or the NHL where players force their way out. It's become commonplace in the NBA. Players are trying it in the NFL now. But if you're gonna do it at least have a message that 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 rings consistently and makes sense. You know, when I say I'm surprised Wilson would want to come to Chicago, I think everybody should come to Chicago. I've lived here all my sure. life. It's my favorite city in the world. I can make the argument why everybody, no matter what their career or their sport is, they should be in Chicago. but when when Wilson says these are the reasons that I want to leave Seattle, and then he picks a team like the Bears that might have even bigger issues with the same situation, that's where you stop and scratch your head and you say, well, what's this really about?
1: Right. And you remember a couple of years ago there was, I believe it would have been the 2018 off season, where they hadn't yet got a, get a deal done. This was probably February or March, so right around the same time of the year, three years ago. Um, and there were even some rumors that the Browns, who held the number one pick in the draft, might be willing to, to ship that to Seattle if, if Wilson and the Seahawks couldn't figure out a contract. And he wanted no part of that. That kind of spurred a little bit of the, the movement towards getting that extension done. And there were also rumors, and I, you know, I think he went on a, one of the Jimmy Fallon or one of the talk shows even. And, you know Somebody asked him, would you come to New York? Because there was this, this sort of feeling that You know, he and his wife kind of wanted to be in some big cosmopolitan city. Maybe that plays into it. Maybe that's a factor that, you know, being in one of the entertainment capitals might have been important to him at one point. I don't know if that still holds true or if, you know, that's the reason why he might want to come here outside of football reasons. But, yeah, it certainly doesn't quite add up. I mean, I'm sure Bears fans are at least entertaining the idea. I get it. I understand why he's special. He's a great player. I just don't see it in the cards.
3: Yeah, I, I was not overly familiar with his wife, Ciara, um, you know, when they first married. I know she's an entertainer. Uh, I assume that she still wants to pursue that career. Chicago could be a very good place for her, for the family. I understand all that. It's it's the best city in the world. I understand why people would want to come to Chicago. Right. But 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 when we hear, you know, Wilson saying, these are the reasons I want to leave Seattle, so I'm going to go somewhere where it may be worse, uh, that's that's where you just kind of scratch your head and say what's going on here. So, um, yeah. listen, the Bears obviously have to do something at the quarterback position, and you know, Eric, it strikes me because uh, I just don't believe that 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 either Watson or Wilson are on the table. We know that Carson Wentz uh, is, is no longer available. Uh, we now have learned. A little bit about Marcus Mariota's contract that could make that unwieldy if you wanted to deal for him. Obviously, Matt Stafford and Jared Goff are are done moving. The, The more that this game of musical chairs goes on, the more I begin to wonder if Mitch Trubisky isn't going to end up as the best option for the Bears. And yet, there's kind of this real hard feeling right now, not just for me, but a lot of the folks, analysts that I talk to, that there may not be any interest in either side in making that happen anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's hard to know where that, that option lies on the, you know, the preference list or whatever. I mean, if you had to rank the, you know, the, the, the most likely or the most desired possibilities, would it be at the top? Of course not. But, you know, is it, is it a fallback option? Is it something that is a, you know, plan B or C, how, how far down the list do you get to, you get to go to that, I don't want to call it the nuclear option, but you know what I mean? It's certainly not the, the preferred one. But like you said, it, some of this is out of your control. I mean, the other guys may not feel like Russell Wilson and, and be open to, a, to signing with the Bears. Now, if they could be traded, that's out of their control. They could be drafted by them. That's certainly, you know, the Bears' prerogative if they get in the right spot to get the right quarterback. But I do feel like there's going to be a veteran entering the mix. And Mariota is at least a name you have to kick around it makes sense on some level, right? I mean, he's, you know, his skill set wouldn't be such a vast departure from what Mitch did. And yet, you know, I mean, historically, his his turnover numbers have been fairly low. And, you know, there's just the question about, you know, you look at the Titans and how they took off the second he was benched. um, And outside of, you know, a few moments in release last year, we don't really know exactly where he is in his career at this point. You know, is there a, is there a veteran nobody's talking about who's, you know, kind of in a no-win situation like a Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville? I mean, I don't know if trading for another Jaguars quarterback is exactly the, the route you want to take, but you know he has no path to starting with with Trevor Lawrence likely to be the number one pick. That could be a player who, you know, is a possibility. Somebody else that you kick around like that. So. Yeah, these aren't the most appealing names, but when you're kind of dealing with a limited situation, this is this is what you get. The New England Patriots are going through it. The, the New Orleans Saints are in the same spot. So this isn't a, oh, the Bears are a terrible deal. This is just a, you know, kind of a limitations of, of what they can do kind of situation.
3: This segment on The Score is brought to you by Hint Water. Hint is pure water infused with surprisingly true fruit flavors, including watermelon, blackberry, and cherry. No sugar, no sweeteners, no calories. It's available in your local grocery store or at drinkhint.com, Hint. water with a touch of the true fruit flavor. You know, it's funny, Eric, because Bears fans just don't want to hear this, and I am not trying to defend Mitch Trubisky. I'm not saying he's ever going to be a, a franchise quarterback, maybe not even a quality starting quarterback, but the flip side of that is that when you talk to people in 31 other markets, you can't write them off yet either. I mean, the reality is that in three years as a starter, he's got two playoff trips. Uh, yeah. You know, he's got one pro bowl alternate uh, spot that he earned. Um, uh, and yes, he's been disappointing, but, but I talk to people you know in Boston and, and, and people down in Dallas and people out in Arizona and Los Angeles, and they're like, well, man, I'd, I'd consider Trubisky. I, I, what, what's everybody so upset about in Chicago? You know? So right. uh, what, what we don't know yet is how much of this is that, that, that Trubisky is a bust, that, that he was not the right pick, and how much of it is that he just wasn't the right fit with, with Matt Nagy and this coaching staff.
1: Right, and you know, I mean, Lee, you look back to what what he did in the in his what twelve game uh, rookie season under a different head coach, and you know, I mean, there was some promise there, and and then the next year when Nagy came in, things were kind of streamlined a bit. You know, the defense was dominating and, and you know scoring touchdowns and that sort of thing. He was in a great situation. They went what twelve and four. So, uh, you know, was Trubisky perfect? No, but. You know, naming him a Pro Bowl alternate that year wasn't the craziest thing. It was it was sort of in line even with guys dropping out of the game with how he played. He was sort of the next best NFC quarterback. It wasn't a, a total stretch. 2019 undercut that badly. Last year didn't advance his career at all. But I think there is still that memory of, you know, the the highlights and the, and the flash plays and kind of the raw talent that wasn't able to fully develop in college. You know, he was a one year starter, got some some action a little bit here and there, came into the league probably underprepared, as a lot of guys do. And the timetable has been rushed up for all these first round quarterbacks these days. I, I think there are teams out there kind of quietly lurking in the woods, weeds, and saying, you know, if this guy comes free and we don't have a stable quarterback position or we have a veteran who's, you know, a year away from, from being. Cast aside. Yeah, I'm interested because he has all that natural ability, and I just happened to watch some of his college tape. I was looking at a a player in his freshman year and uh, who's now up for the draft, and I thought to myself, watching Trubisky, I said, "Geez, you know, he makes a big time throws. Like he stands up against some of the quarter. His college tape stands up against some of the guys that I'm looking at for this year's class." And so I said to myself, "There have to be teams that are that are intrigued." if the bears aren't bringing them back, I believe there will be two or three teams that legitimately think there's, there's something salvageable there. And that maybe he can have a, you know, a, a rebirth somewhere else.
3: You know, it's funny because I just had a caller before the break who, who said, I love Russell Wilson, but I want to give up that much. I think the bears should trade up and, and take a quarterback in the first round that is fraught with so much more risk than making yeah. a big deal for one of these veterans. It's crazy. And year in and year out, people just ignore what happened last year, the last five years, last ten years. I, I was I was going over this, Eric, and over the last eight seasons, the only top five quarterbacks who've made it are Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. I, I mean, you, you look at everybody else and where they're at now, You you, you go back – Um, to to 15. And you start with Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, you know, who end up as backups. And then Jared Goff and Carson Wentz just got traded. Uh, You know, I I think Baker Mayfield, who who I did love coming out of Oklahoma is threatening to arrive. Um, But, but you look at the rest of that group and the, and the Sam Darnolds, I mean, you know, Josh Rosen's working on his fourth team. uh, uh, So let's talk about this group this year, There are five of these kids that we now expect are going to go in the first round. Four of them look like they're almost certainly going somewhere top 10 to top 15. Um, And and to be honest with you, other than Trevor Lawrence, I'm not sure that the other four are as good of prospects right now as Trubisky was the day the Bears drafted him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a debate that I think people are... Would, you know, if, if they're willing to go back and look at what they had pre-draft. And there were some teams that didn't love them. I mean, I remember talking to two teams in particular that were a little bit worried about Trubisky and, and pointed out some stuff that, you know, some of which ended up coming true or has come true to this point. So, that said, you know, let's just go down the list, right? I mean, Justin Fields, you know, he has developed as a passer, no doubt about it. Started out the year hot. Second half of the season, not as great. Had the great playoff game. But again, he's something of a project. You could start him day one if you needed to. But ideally, I would love to get him somewhere like behind Matt Ryan where he rests for a little bit. You know, he learns a little bit. I don't know that that happens. You know, uh, Zach Wilson, great freshman year, not so great second year, hot last year. You know, again, kind of an incomplete or, or up and down resume there out of BYU. And they didn't face anybody of note other than you know, Coastal Carolina, who is the best team they, they faced this season. You know, Trey Lance, 17 starts at the FBS level. How, how would that play over in Chicago? If he was, you know, if they traded up for him and the expectation is he's going to start at some point this year, I mean, whew, I mean, he, and I think he has a super high ceiling. He's an exciting player. This is somebody you can, you can work with. Is that the kind of player though, that the bears can afford to be patient on I don't know. Now I know everybody kind of loves Mac Jones or they love the consolation idea of Mac Jones because he is a good ball distributor. He is, you know, kind of a no frills point guard, you know, a a Scott Skiles type, if you will, if you want to use the basketball analogy, but you know, I, I don't know that he'll ever be special. And he's the kind of guy that I think you can live with, can win some games with. Will you ever get over the proverbial hump with that guy? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite there yet, and I like him, but I just don't, I don't love him. So, yeah, yeah. You, you stack that group up against Trubisky when he came out. There's some grades that will be very comparable between them.
3: You know, Eric, uh, Jones in particular is a hot button for me. Because I love the young man, uh, and, and he did have a great season at Alabama. But I look at him, and all I see is Colt McCoy. All I see is A.J. McCarron. All all I see is a lot of other great college quarterbacks who don't have the arm talent or or most of the traits I'm looking for in an NFL franchise quarterback. And and, and again, this happens every year with these quarterbacks, and, and so we'll see. Now, the reason that Tom Brady was drafted 199th is because there were concerns about his athleticism and his arm talent, and we know what happened but is there anything we've seen of this big five that suggests that they might have that intuitive command of the game that Brady has? Maybe Mac Jones is the one. I don't know. Uh, in, on that count, you know, I, I would have to say he's intriguing, but, but this yeah. is where I am not dealing multiple first round picks to go up eight, 10 spots in the first round. And that's what it would take to take one of these kids who is going to be possibly a bigger risk than Trubisky was.
1: Right, yeah, th- that's really what it comes down to, is you have to have conviction. I mean, you have to have ironclad belief that that whatever prospect you're trading up for is the guy, and this is a rare opportunity, and we cannot miss out on that. And, you know, the stigma for Ryan Pace will be there, right? I mean, he may trade it up for Trubisky one spot, but still, you know, gave up multiple picks to move up that one spot, and, you know, it didn't work out. So, of course, the narrative will be, oh, great, he's trading up for another rookie quarterback, no matter who he takes. I mean, that's unfortunately, that's going to be what the reaction will be if they do that. So, yeah, I mean, I'll go back to Lance quickly, and I'll say this. Watching a redshirt freshman, now granted, at the 1AA level, but still. But watching him operate a very multiple offense with pro concepts and also, you know, some of the – The read option stuff, the QB power, QB read. I mean, they did a lot of run stuff as well. A lot of the spread offense concepts mixed in, making checks of the lines, calling out protections, doing stuff that you'd expect a junior or a senior quarterback to do, like a Mac Jones or whoever. I mean, I was kind of blown away at some of the stuff that I saw from him on tape. But again, I, I just, you have to couch it by saying he played one game this year, didn't play great. He was okay, he was fine. And we just don't know. I mean, that has to be a team that's sort of dealing from a position of strength where they can feel or they have nothing to lose. I mean, that's really who I feel ends up taking Lance is that sense of, you know, we have we have house money that we can burn or, you know, we're so down in the dumps. that. And the Bears, I don't think, are in that spot. They're sort of somewhere in that middle class, and I don't believe that's the kind of move they'll make. But Lance has the, the, the potential, I think, to be that – that field general and also that that star playmaker of that group.
3: Eric, appreciate the time, appreciate the knowledge as always. I hope everything is great with the family, and we will look forward to catching up with you again real soon.
1: Indeed. Look forward to it. Talk to you soon, Hub. All
3: right. That is Eric at home from yahoosports.com. We're going to take a very quick commercial break, and when we get back, back to the phone lines 312 644. 6767 is the phone number you can text me there as well. Looking forward to visiting with you guys. I'm Hubarkish with you till 10 right here at the score. Thank you all so much for being with me this evening. I am Hub Barker sitting in for Joe Ostrowski on the Joe O Show. We're going to be with you until 10 o'clock talking sports here in Chicago. On Chicago's number one rated all sports radio station, 670 The Score. Just got done visiting with Eric Edholm on the Alpamonte Nissan Hotline. Visit Alpamonte Nissan on North Avenue in Melrose Park or apnissan.com. uh we're also going to have chris emma checking in on the hotline in just about 20 uh, about 15 minutes or so uh at nine o'clock we will have our senior baseball expert bruce levine here to get us up to speed on everything going on down in arizona with the cubs and the Sox. and for the next two plus hours going to be taking your phone calls on the BetQL listener line. Um, and again, I do appreciate all of you being with me this evening. 312 6767 is that phone number. You can also... Uh, Text us at that number in the text zone. Text zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai Valgonquin. Save time, shop online at RosenHyundai.com. I've got the text line up now, so shoot me a message at 312-644-6767 if you are unable uh, to call. And now... We are going to get back to the phone lines. And, uh, Studs, I apologize because you just told me who's up, and I'm not seeing it on my screen here. Um, so let's welcome Darren. I should know because Darren is a frequent flyer here at 670 The Score out in Hayward, Iowa. Darren, thank you for dialing us up. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing very good, Hub. How are you, buddy? I'm good, thank
2: you. Okay. I got one question
3: to ask you with
2: Alan Robinson. You tag and trade. What could you get for him? I'm going to wait, and I'm not going to hang up until I know your answer.
3: (laughs) All right, Darren. Well, thank you for the phone call. Um, Allen Robinson has established that he is a legit number one receiver in the National Football League. And so if you're thinking about trading, tagging and trading, uh, you're looking for a team that believes that they've got a shot at winning a Super Bowl here if they add a number one receiver, I mean, you know, he is only 27 years old. And and so obviously any team in the league might have an interest, but where you're going to get the best value is from a team that thinks he is the missing piece. Um, He was a number two pick originally out of Penn state by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So even with all that he's accomplished, you're not going to get a first round pick back for him, but I would think a two and a three uh, could be the going rate, something like that. I'm sure. Uh, that there's a couple teams out there, probably teams with multiple picks uh, who might be very interested in making a deal like that. Uh, So that's probably what you're talking about. I think it would be a huge mistake on the Bears' part. Um, Listen, Allen Robinson is not the best player in the National Football League. He's not even the best player on the Chicago Bears. But You've got to have a number one receiver if you're going to run Matt Nagy's offense. And I'm quite sure that Matt's going to spend this offseason trying to get back to running what he wants to run again come opening day of 2021, not the somewhat adjusted version of the offense that the Bears came back with coming out of the bye uh, to try and salvage a playoff trip, which they were barely able to do. Um, if you trade Allen Robinson, suddenly your biggest need becomes wide receiver. As much as I like Darnell Mooney, he was a steal on the fifth round. He looks like he's got a chance to be a legit number two receiver in the NFL. you got Anthony Miller, who's got legit number two skills. I don't know if he's a two or a three. I also don't know if he's going to be a Chicago Bear. I know that they've been frustrated with him his first three seasons. Uh, some people believe he won't be back. I don't think that's a slam dunk at all. Um, after that, Javon Wims in the last year of his rookie deal, I would not bring him back. He's taken up a valuable roster spot and costing almost a million against the cap, and he's not worth it. I like Riley Ridley and a little bit we've seen of him, but why we've seen so little is a complete mystery. So what we're really saying is that if you lose Allen Robinson, all you've got is Darnell Mooney. You need a number one, a number three, and a number four. It becomes your biggest need. In this draft that is loaded with wide receivers, if you lose Allen Robinson, you almost have to try and get that number one with the 20th pick overall, which then prohibits you from doing anything about your bigger issue over the last three seasons, which has been offensive tackle. Uh, you're going to have to find a starting safety somewhere because Tayshawn Gibson, Deion Bush, and DeAndre Houston Carson are all free agents. Now I'd love to see him bring Gibson back on a, on a two year team friendly deal. I thought he was maybe the best defensive player on the field the last three, four weeks of last season. Um, But we don't know if that's going to happen. You you still need depth at running back. You're going to need depth at tight end, particularly if Jimmy Graham is a cap casualty. So To have the number one receiver here, to have one of the most important leaders in your locker room here, to have a guy who at the age of 27 looks like he can do this for, you know, three, four more years and let him get away and then have to use the most valuable assets you have to replace him without fixing anything else that is broken makes no sense. And so he should not be traded. Um, he shouldn't need to be tagged. They should work out a deal. If you have to tag him and then work out a deal, or even if he has to play under the tag this year, I talked about this at the top of the show, Darren, they've got enough uh, flexibility With the cap. They've got cap issues, but there's enough flexibility they can do what they have to do to keep Allen Robinson one way or the other, still add a quarterback and then add young talent on the offensive line. Um, And that gives them a shot at being a a serious contender. Uh, That's what they need to do find a way to keep Allen Robinson. Let's get one more in um before we have to go and i'm particularly i was looking forward to this call i had a feeling it was coming todd is here todd of the playoff cleveland browns Uh, how you doing buddy
2: I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? It's so good to talk to you. it's been it's been too long. and yeah, i'm I'm in a good mood for the first time in about twenty five years. but uh, uh, anyways, my question specifically about my brownies is, and you and I are almost always on the same uh, wavelength, and that's probably a backhanded compliment to me, so I don't mean to offend you. But uh, it's about obj. I kind of feel like, You know, I know there's going to be talk like there is every year. I was against the trade when they made it. Never been a big fan. I know he's got talent. He's not terrible. He's definitely above average. But I kind of feel like you kind of had the same mantra with other players with the Bears. I feel like he's worth more to the Browns than he is to any other team. And with his salary and this, that, but his name is coming up. You know, a lot of people think he's either going to be traded or released. He's coming off that injury. And because of that, I don't know what you could possibly get for him. And his ceiling is still, in my opinion, way higher than a fifth or sixth round, which is probably all you'd get for him because of his salary. So I I just wonder what you heard, what you think about him. And then lastly, um, with receivers, we're both Michigan guys, two of my best friends were all Americans there, and uh, so I'm partial to Michigan. I really think Peoples Jones, and you know I'm not a, a, a Kool Aid drinker. I think he's his, I'm not saying it will, I think his ceiling. I watch every play of every game, as you know. His ceiling is incredible. He had a couple drops, it looked like loss of concentration, but he shows all the traits to be a legitimate number two. Um, with the ceiling of possibly being a low-end number one. And then you've already got you know Landry, and then who knows what's coming back with OBJ. But it was about the wide receiver position. But as always, thank you, Hub. You're the best. I can't wait for draft season.
3: Todd, thank you for the phone call and all the kind words. Uh, let me just go backwards here and start with people jones Only... Uh, because they stole him in the third round. I I think it was Joel Klatt, the old uh, Colorado quarterback, who now does a really nice job as a a color commentator on college football, Uh, late in Peoples-Jones last year in Ann Arbor, was talking about him and had him as a top 15 pick in the draft. I don't know why he fell to the third round. I know why he fell out of the first round. His, His last year was probably his least impressive year in Ann Arbor. Um, but still, should have gone late first, high second. That they got him in the third round was a steal, and he definitely has a chance. He he could be a he could be a number one, but he's probably going to be a number two receiver. You got Jarvis Landry, who's one of the most productive guys in the National Football League over the last six seven seasons, um, and, and so now it's an embarrassment of riches if you get a healthy OBJ back. Um, and, and this is a mixed bag. I think you're 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 a little off on his value. You're going to get a lot more than a fifth or sixth round pick if you deal him. Uh, you're going to have a little bit of cap pain because you got to cover some of the bonus money in that contract. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's horrible. And my guess is that you could probably get similar to what I said for Robinson. Now, you come with a lot more character issues with OBJ, but when you say he's he's got some talent, he's one of the five most talented receivers in the NFL when he's healthy. Uh, you know, and th- this is a a true, it's more than a number one. It's a potential all-pro if he's healthy, and if he keeps his head on straight, which he's had a really hard time doing. One of the reasons the Browns thought he was such a good fit is because him and Jarvis Landry were college roommates. They were best buddies. He thought you know, Landry would be able to keep him on the straight and narrow. And he hasn't gotten in a lot of trouble in Cleveland, but the injuries have hurt, and occasionally he just loses focus. So um, I, I think the way that Baker Mayfield began to emerge with what you've got, you're going to lose uh, probably Hunt or Chubb, Um, but you still got all kinds of talent there, I think you're right. I think you're better off keeping them, take a chance. I like the Bears' no turds rule, but I don't know if OBJ is a turd or just immature, Uh, and I think it's more likely the latter, so I would probably keep them. Guys, we're going to take a very quick commercial break here. On the other side, Chris Emma is going to join us. We're going to dig a little deeper in the weeds with the Bears and what their next moves are. That's next right here on The Score.